Season 3, Episode 11, Lessons from Trading Spaces. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of the Millennial Homemakers Podcast, your resource for all things home, hostessing, and more. We're your hosts, Jackie Alexander and Jacqueline Humble. If you were to ask a group of millennials what reality TV show that they grew up wanting their family and their neighbors to be on, I would say nine times out of 10, the answer would be Trading Spaces. Absolutely. This is something we've talked about at least in season one. We've probably talked about it a couple more times. We were obsessed with trading spaces growing up. It's kind of what got us into home decor in general. And I would have loved to be on it, but I never convinced my parents. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that we even talked about it like in our very first episode. Yeah, it was way in the beginning. Um, yeah, so if you haven't listened to that, go back to our design, interior design Q&A, I think is what it was called. Yes. Trading spaces. It was back when TLC was really in the heyday of shows like John and Kate Plus 8. And did they have – oh, the no, the Duggars weren't there yet. I don't think the Duggars were there, but it was like the very beginning of Little People Big World. yeah. And it was before, you know, their kids were like are now grown with babies. Like when HGTV was more for our parents and not for us, TLC kind of introduced us to that world. Yeah, yeah. TLC was especially for the millennials because this is called the Millennial Homemakers. (laughs) (laughs) As much as we cringe at being labeled that because of the negative connotation that I feel like it's gotten, but own it, you know? Um, (laughs) So it was really, yeah, it was the first. A series that was kind of geared towards families and millennials that had to do with interior design. And the thing that I love the most about trading spaces was the budget restraints. So oh, it definitely. Was, it was like attainable DIY design. And then it was very much the most relatable as far as budgets. Because if you haven't listened to, or I mean, if you haven't watched trading spaces and you're listening to this episode, you can definitely still listen to this episode. Um, I think we'll explain things enough that it's not going to be lost on you. And basically today, we just wanted to take some lessons from the different designers. And we're going to go through like designer by designer. Mm -hmm. Just tell you, you know, lessons that you can take away and implement in your own home. Absolutely. And we will not be giving away like any No, if you haven't watched the new reboot that's, I think, four episodes in, we're not going to talk specifically about any of that those rooms. So the reveals and the designers will still be a surprise for you. And I think that after listening to this episode, you might want to go back and watch some of the older ones. <laughs> I know I, even like researching this and trying to remember, you know, some of these designers that I haven't thought about in 10 years. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to find, and we've talked about this, it's really hard to find pictures of things that they've done in the first season or the first time around. And so I know, I think the TLC app and website has some of the older episodes. So you should definitely go watch them to be reminded. Yeah. And I can find a lot of stuff on YouTube. um, Oh, I'm sure. So that would be good. And then you can probably buy some on Amazon. So, okay, the first time that Trading Spaces aired was 2000 to 2008, I think. That sounds about right. 
Yeah. And so the biggest star that came from the show was probably Ty Pennington, who was the carpenter. And he's the guy that did Extreme Home Makeover. So that really was like the second show with this sort of reno. That was more reno based. This one was more design based. But that was really like the second look into that kind of design. And then, of course, HGTV did Fixer Upper later and which kind of, um, if you think flop. about it, Fixer Upper is almost, and like Property Brothers and all that, they're almost mm-hmm. a combination mm-hmm. of trading spaces and extreme home makeover, especially since Fixer Upper recently has had several episodes where it was like an organization giving these people a new a Fixer Upper. Oh, I didn't see that. There's we a couple. There's like some veterans and there's a kid from Make the Wish Foundation and just okay. some really great ones. That's awesome. I haven't seen the newest season, I don't think. Okay, Jackie, I know that we both tried to get our parents to put in applications <laughs> to be on training spaces. Yes. Who do you think that, before we start talking about people, who do you think that your parents would have wanted as designers? Um, let's see. You go first because I know who your mom. Yeah, my mom definitely loved Lori the most. And I think Vern would have been her second choice. But the issue with Trading Spaces, if you've never watched it, if you're in a different country and you don't have this show, is that you don't know who's going to be designing your room. So it's two neighbors and apply to be on the show and you pick one room in the house Mm-hmm. and then you get assigned a random designer. So yes. uh, 48 hours to completely yeah. redo the room from top And to the bottom. neighbors help. So it's not just like the neighbors do a lot of the hands-on labor. Oh, yes. Especially at the end of the first day, every designer assigns homework mm-hmm. to the homeowners that they're working with, and they have to, you know, finish painting the walls yeah. or – stencil something weird or do whatever they couldn't finish in the first day that needs to be done before they start the second day. And the budget for each room is a thousand dollars. Sometimes you could like, I feel like in the early days, the designer would like pick the room. The person wouldn't even necessarily pick the room. They would just say these few rooms. And then if the designer picked the kitchen, let's say, then Paige would say, okay, you have a $2,000 budget. Because you pick the jackpot room or something. There's also a couple designers that go over budget every single time. But you have to pay. The designer actually has to pay or take something out of the room. Like Mm -hmm. it comes out of their own pocket. And then also, if you've never seen the show or just to refresh your memory of the show, (laughs) is that each designer, they get $1,000 each and then they shared a carpenter. And in this new reboot, there's some differences. Oh, yes, definitely. One, the budget went up to Mm $2,000, which I think is very relatable still because, I mean, it has been 10 years. Furniture prices are more expensive. Paint has gone up. Everything Mm -hmm. has gone up. And then there's two carpenters. Yeah, which to me, that's like a easy $1,000 value. They can get so much more done because they don't have to try to hide what they're working on from one designer. Mm -hmm. You know, when the other designer is talking to them, they don't have to split their time. Yeah, and I don't know if they have a limit on how many pieces the carpenter can do. I think it's just like I don't um, think so. The time limit. So that kind of, you know, the carpenter would tell you, well, that's too much. And probably the lumber, you know, because I'm sure the the lumber goes into that $2,000. And so if they have to go buy more lumber and it, you know, they run out of money, 
might be like, well, we can't do this. Also, this season, they have something called the Wayfair Tent. I love that. Yeah. It's my so favorite the, part. The neighbors can go in without the designer having any sort of opinion and pick an item that won't come out of the budget mm-hmm. um, for the room. But it drives me insane that people aren't picking, like, a light fixture. Right. Like, <laughs> I pick would, the most expensive yes. thing in that. Because it doesn't count towards the budget. And right. the designer has to use it. So pick the most expensive thing. And even if your neighbor doesn't like it, then at the end of the, after the show's over, be like, hey, I actually picked that out because I need it in my living room. <laughs> we trade. Yes, but it's literally people pick a throw pillow or something. Yes. It's like, are you kidding me? You can make that. Pick something that you can't right. make. So that was kind of interesting. And then also a surprise this season that I'm sure that some of our listeners would probably get a kick out of because we were both, uh, Jackie and I both watched like the early days of America's Next Top Model. Mm-hmm. And Joni, who was, I think, runner up for America's Next Top Model. Yeah, I was going to go real quick, see what season. It was early on. She is one of the carpenters now. Yes. Which we were both very surprised. Oh, she was cycle six. Oh, okay. Well, still early. I and runner up. Yeah. Yeah, I thought she was runner up because I wanted her to win because she had such pretty eyes. And she was um, just so cute. And she's still so cute. Yeah, she's very, very cute and just like naturally pretty like the prettiest blonde hair and prettiest blue eyes I just like cannot she's like a Barbie doll or something and I looked because I was a little bit skeptical when people do multiple reality tv shows in different like such different genres (laughs) yeah so I looked at go from a model to a carpenter and since it was never mentioned like uh Jackie and I talked about this earlier this actually our like third or fourth time recording this episode (sighs) FYI because we've had some technical difficulties yes so we talked about this earlier and (laughs) we were just like okay it was never mentioned on America's Next Top Model that she was into carpentry. So what? I think you know they're hanging out in the model house. At some point, they'd be talking, and she'd be like, "Well, I was making this dresser for my room." By the way, I'm a woodworker. Like, (laughs) right? Like it would have come up. Yeah. So anyway, and I looked, and she has been doing this for like as a profession. So it's not totally random. I don't think she was just like a scripted character in the show just because she's like has such a fun presence okay so do you want to start let's get into some of the designers and like I said if you've never watched the show we'll describe kind of each designer style and then some things that you could take away from that designer in your house oh and you never told me Jackie who would you think that your mom would want yeah honestly I think probably Lori yeah too because well we'll get into why I think later. Well, very like Southern. Word. And yes. one thing I will say is that when I was going back, trying to look at pictures of rooms, because I remembered some, you know, stuff, but mm-hmm. I was looking at pictures preparing for this episode. And apparently there was one episode where the designer got $50,000 to do a room. I saw that. I saw it, that. That is insane. Like, I can't imagine. I have that because I could just pay half my house off right now and then have <laughs> extra money to actually do my rooms. No, I just thought that was crazy because it's not like you're doing construction. Like I can't imagine. Right. Like if you watch Fixer Upper, and I like know some that some people they have less different. than that for an entire house right yeah. now. Yeah, it's crazy. I I thought that was pretty insane. Yeah. It's kind of wasteful. Like, why couldn't you have given more people 2,000 instead of one? Right. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. So we're going to start with Jackie's favorite designer, which is Genevieve. And 
seriously how much we love Genevieve. After trading, I say we, you love her too. Not as much as me, maybe. But Mm -hmm. um, after trading spaces, she had several of her own shows, I think on HGTV, actually, where she was renoing Mm -hmm. her own apartment for her and her daughter and just talked about, you know, you saw more of her style. And she had a live, she's in Georgia right now, redoing a house with her fiance. And Jacqueline and I were both on her live stream and she's like driving down to Savannah, like, you know, commenting on like everything she said about Georgia and how much we love her. So this is a continuation of our love letter to Genevieve. Yeah, we love Genevieve and Genevieve hit us up. If you ever want to be on a podcast episode, maybe yes. we can make that work out. And by maybe is, we will. <laughs> she is so cool. We love you, Genevieve. Yes. So, okay. Genevieve was really kind of a pioneer in the boho Mm -hmm. style space but she wasn't like boho like hippie right she She was was very polished yeah trendy boho and she was also kind of more um the boho that we're seeing now with the indian fabrics and rugs and stuff like that and so she was really like a pioneer pillows on the floor and creating the little serene spaces in your Mm -hmm. house like nooks and stuff like that so I've she was just like a pioneer I feel like in that space for design and really you know showing that to us and I think what shows because from watching her shows you know since trading spaces her style has of course evolved because it's been Mm -hmm. 10 years but it shows she really knows how to implement trendy without making the entire room so trendy that it's going to be out of style in six months, in a year. And that's something, I think that's probably the first lesson you can take away from her is you don't have to have a room that's entirely trendy for it to be untrend. Yeah, that's very true. Something that I really like about her and something that we've talked about in our um, interior design trends episodes is this idea of bringing outside in Mm -hmm. the moss wall. She had this whole wall. It was live moss. And then the homeowner ended up having an allergy, which she probably should have figured out before she did that. Yes. Um, (laughs) I would die. And then she, one episode, it was a kitchen and she was inspired when she was making like an artichoke dip and mm-hmm. cutting apart the artichoke and the colors on each of the petals I want to say I don't know what I you don't call know what the artichoke called. leaves yeah. whatever petals and the gradient with the purple and the green and those natural warm tones mm-hmm. and she did the whole kitchen in like artichoke colors but and she had some artichoke like because it was a kitchen, you know, throughout, but it wasn't so obvious that it was an artichoke. So it really shows you that you can get inspiration from anywhere. And also, can we talk about how, like, she must see in the future or something, because now every decor store I go to, there's like fake artichokes for you to put in a bowl. Yeah. So she can clearly see in the future or something. Or they just were so inspired by (laughs) Jimmy. I don't know. That is pretty crazy. I hadn't thought about that. So those are, I think, you can take away from Genevieve mm-hmm. is finding inspiration anywhere, making your room trendy without, or on trend without being trendy. Yes. And then also taking the outside in just because it adds that layer of like comfortable and life. And that's kind of yeah. all the boho things that she like kind of stands for, I guess, is yeah, the comfort and the nature aspect. And before we 
move on from Genevieve. One -hmm. of the things I love most about her and the other designer we're about to talk about is both of them, they listen to the homeowners Mm -hmm. on the show. Some of the designers do their own thing. They want the wow factor. They want the reaction. And they don't really care about what, I mean, they care, but they don't take too much into consideration what the homeowner likes, what the homeowner's style is, and what the homeowner actually needs out of the space. And Genevieve and this next designer really, really listen to the homeowners and make it for the homeowners instead of just for the TV show. And I think they would be fun to work with on oh, yes. the like job site. Like there's some people that I would want to do my house and there's some people that like would just be a lot of fun to work with. And Genevieve, I mean, she's like always barefoot, which is just fun in general. <laughs> and then she like, she makes guacamole for her, you know, whoever she's working with. She pours them wine. She really goes out of her way to care Love for them. them. Yeah. I was watching one episode you know, way back, like it, it was, they, they were getting ready for the airing and I was mm-hmm. at my parents' house. So they have cable. I don't, <laughs> and I guess it was around the masters and they were showing old episodes and Genevieve was like making guacamole and yeah. making them wine or, you know, pouring them wine. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is me. Like, <laughs> yes, yes. It was so funny. So, okay. So next is Vern. Yeah, And Vern is like the cutest human alive. He's just, he's very small, petite, I would yeah. say. And it just seems like a really great person. And he did the same thing. He really took into consideration what the families wanted. He always would kind of obsess over what oh, yeah. the neighbors would say that they wanted. And then he would turn that into a vision. So I don't think he ever really came with a vision I think he kind of would just play off whatever the homeowner said do you remember that yeah and I think now so far what it seems like they might have a little more idea beforehand yeah the homeowners care about and so now he does so much research before Mm -hmm. a house to make sure that it fits everything the homeowner wants and needs out of the room so something that I read in a blog that he was interviewed a few years after Trading Spaces ended and before this reboot, because we've had like 10 years. Right. Um, like literally 10 years and, and, in yeah. 2008. Yeah. So, I mean, it's almost been like 20 years that Trading Spaces has been a thing. <laughs> yeah. So it was in a blog and he was talking about the homework and how he would kind of choose such elaborate designs that would take a long time that he would stay at the house and do the homework for or with the homeowners. And so then the next morning when he would be coming with the, you know, the camera would be there and he would say, Oh, so did y'all finish your homework last night? And they always would. And he was like, well, I knew because I did it. (laughs) I love that because the homeowners it's, I mean, I don't know how much of this is real and how much of this is for the camera. I'm sure it's probably a little bit of both, but the homeowners, since they always have this homework, they always seem to be staying up until like three, four o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. to finish it. It's a lot of work and it's exhausting and you want your work to still be good the next day. And when you're only working on a couple hours of sleep, that can be really hard. So I love that he cares, I think one, so much about the homeowners and two, about the quality of the work that he's willing to help. And also a funny little uh, trick that he shared in that blog. It was called House Beautiful. So I'm sure if you just Google like House Beautiful blog Vern Trading Spaces and it would pop up. He said that he would take fruit from the fruit baskets for 
um, at like hotels that he was supposed to be staying at. He would hardly ever stay there because he was working, but he would go and raid the food, the breakfast bar for fruit to use in the room because of the budget constraint. Oh, that is hilarious. I love Isn't that. That's so funny. Love that. Um, so I, my number one takeaway for Vern is no excuse for hard work. Exactly. And that like he it just shows in his rooms. His rooms were always loved by the homeowners for oh, the yes. reveal. And so there's really no like there's no replacement for hard work. Something else that he would do that some people wouldn't is that he would usually incorporate heirloom pictures from the yes. family. So he would blow a picture up. Or he would take it from other places in the house right. where he thought it worked better in this room he was working yeah. on. Yeah. He was just a very caring, listened, and his designs were always, they, and I don't know, I don't think it was like necessarily too safe either. He would do no. some things that I would never think of doing, like painting a ceiling a darker color right. or something. He, um, and he tends to use really bold patterns mm -hmm. and a lot, a lot of contrast, which makes it, I think it makes you know, the elements that he wants to pop, pop, but it still has very clean lines and it's still very mm -hmm. comfortable. Yeah. It's not safe, but it isn't offensive at right. the same time. Right. Okay. Next is the most controversial designer. Yes. Hildy. Hildy. Dun, dun, dun. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she okay. would be really fun to work with, but I would not want her to do my room ever. She wants, okay. One time she painted a self-portrait of herself. That Another time she glued hay to the wall. Like instead of painting the wall, she glued hay to it. No, the worst one was when she put sand on the floor and oh, it made it look like a circus tent. That was right. like unusable. Right. Okay. And like you're going to be finding sand in your house yes. until like the reboot happened, I'm sure. So my biggest thing with Hildy is that you really can't look at her the same as the other designers. Right. And that if you view her design as art installations, yes, I agree. then you kind of have a different perspective. Now, I'm not defending Hildy's decisions because at the end of the day, that is someone's house. Right. And it's going to cost them maybe more than $1,000 to fix it. <laughs> yes. I don't really agree and with that. she always that. went over budget already. Yeah, but I liked Hildy. Um, she is Cuban, mm -hmm. so I feel like I kind of relate to her on that <laughs> level. She's a um, lot of fun, high energy. And in her rooms, if you take, you know, one element at a time, there is definitely things of it you could incorporate. You could learn, you know, how to incorporate that weird thing in a more realistic way. She just goes overboard. Okay, so my favorite room that Hildy did was a bathroom where she used fake flowers as wallpaper. Okay, I can see that. Especially I can see that one in a bathroom because it's like a smaller space right. and that really pops or like behind a crib in a nursery. Yes. No, it was a really cool idea. It hadn't, I mean, I hadn't seen anything like that before. Right. And she did very luxe, painted the cabinets gold. It kind of reminded me of like a weird boutique hotel bathroom. Now, I wouldn't want this as my master suite, <laughs> but and I can't imagine how dusty the petals would get. Oh, but yes. And it's so hard to dust fake flowers because I have a lot of fake flowers in my house because I kill every plant ever. And 
like I vacuum them and I'm not going to sit there and vacuum an entire wall. I wonder if you got one of those little aerosol things that you use to spray keyboards with. Oh, that would probably work. Yeah, I bet that would work. I'm looking at one right now. I'll have to try that on my flowers and I'll let you guys know. But that would be like insane. So that was a really cool wall and or a really cool room. And just the idea of the unexpected with her. Um, And she would use like some, she would, she would always go over budget. So she would have some aspect of the room that was really high end. Yes. Like whether it's the fabric or a piece of furniture, she was good about thrifting. Her and Doug would like thrift together. She kind of had a showmance with Doug and (laughs) Ty. It was weird. But I mean, one of the big lessons we can learn from her is like you said, is have like a high end piece in a room that's going to last forever and it's going to make a statement. But also think outside the box. Don't feel like you have to get stuck with whatever you see on Pinterest if you have this idea that no one's ever done, try it. Mm-hmm. You never know mm-hmm. how it's going to turn out. And to view interior design as art. Uh-huh. And so I think that's kind of, you know, that's definitely something. And, and view, you know, I wouldn't make your whole room an art installation, but if you could kind of take dialing a shelf or something and make it really unexpected right. and have fun with it, then it's creative. So Absolutely. view it as art and why not have fun? Okay, so next is Frank. Good old Frank. Frank's He's another like, one of those that would be really fun to work with, but I don't want to do a room with him. Like, I don't want him to do my room. Yeah, Frank was really shabby chic before it was a thing. Right. Kind of like Genevieve with her boho. Frank really had that kind of farmhouse. Maybe it's, I think it's outdated. His definitely um, is, yes. Farmhouse has progressed a lot, and Mm -hmm. Frank's was definitely the early days of it. And a lot of things, he took this do-it-yourself attitude, I think, sometimes to a whole nother level where things turned out imperfect, which is fine. I mean, Wabi Sabi is in this year, but sometimes it was just like a little too messy, and you can clean it up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. One thing that I really liked that Frank about Frank was that he was a real artist. Yes. And he would always do hand-painted details in the house. Like, mm-hmm. I remember one room where he literally painted the area rug on the floor. Oh, yeah. I remember that It was that like one. a concrete floor. And then he did that one where he painted the mural of a little girl on the wall. And it reminds me of your bathroom. <laughs> I can't remember that room to tell you if I agree or not. No, your bathroom. Do you remember your bathroom that had, like, oh, all those hand-painted murals? Yeah. So – Growing up in my the house that like I spent most of my life in, I had in my room, I had a hand-painted mural that was like an English garden. It had a fence, and then that was brought into the bathroom with like tons of flowers and bunnies and stuff, and my parents would never let me paint over it. Yeah, I mean, those things were expensive, and that oh, was yeah. really big back with faux finishes and all and those that. in that bathroom too. Yeah, so he was pretty, like, on trend, I guess, at that point in time. Now we look back and we cringe. Right. But that is sweet. I think that that kind of stuff would be cute in, like, 
it made sense. You were the girl's right. bathroom or like a little girl's room. Something that's kind of like, to me, a takeaway instead of saying you need to do a mural on your wall <laughs> is that um, to paint things and be artistic with it. Like you yeah. don't just have to paint the furniture one color. Right. Something that he would do. And he would usually paint furniture because that is kind of a shabby, chic, like upcycle thing. So he I'm would find furniture. Right now, I understand. <laughs> yeah. He would find the furniture in the room and he'd repaint it. Is to not necessarily just paint the whole thing. Like I'm looking at my hutch that's green. Like don't paint the whole thing green. Right. If you have um, cabinets and there's like an in, like a um, recess. Like an inlay or something. Yeah. You could paint that a different color. So just kind of being creative with your paint jobs. Mm-hmm. And upcycling with new hardware and stuff like that. To me, that is like those small details are what I would take away from Frank's design. And Frank was good too. He would listen to the right. homeowners. That's why everyone basically like people liked it when they listened. And if they right. didn't like it, I it was in that same blog that Vern was interviewed uh-huh. in that he said that one of the designers, I'm assuming it was Hildy. Probably. Literally had to hide in the coat closet because the homeowners were so mad and they had to like take her out a side door. Oh gosh. Yeah, I would assume her. <laughs> um, another. What? That's crazy. Another thing I think you can take away from Frank is you don't have to, if you're redoing a room, a lot of these designers will bring in all new furniture, but you don't have to do that. You have, if your furniture has good bones, if it's, you know, going to last a while, you can do things to upcycle it, to improve it and bring it more up to date without going out and buying a whole new piece of furniture. I agree. Did you have anything else for Frank? No, that was it. So Lori, my favorite designer. Yes. And my mom's favorite. She was like French country. My mom's dream house is like French country, everything. Definitely the most elegant too. Mm -hmm. Um, I love how much like true antiques that she would incorporate into the design. And I remember one and it was a bedroom and then she had like China plates hung above as like art above the headboard. Which now I see everywhere. Again, these people can see in the future. Right. But two part of it is like putting that in a bedroom. Right. Usually I see it in like other parts of the house, but not in the, you know, so I liked that she kind of wasn't afraid to do antiques all around, Mm -hmm. Um, same motifs throughout the house. Yes. And she was really, really big on fabric. Right. And her fabric was always really nice. She would do nice window treatments, you know, nice throw pillows. And it was just a higher end upholstery fabric Mm -hmm. versus like Genevieve, who was big on fabric too, but she would tend to do more um, like silky or luxe or comfy, you know, kind of fabric. So, and one of the reasons I love Lori is she really picked classic patterns with her fabric. So it's not something that's going to go out of style. You know, she didn't put like chevron curtains. She put plaids and stripes and things that are going to last for a really long time. So she was, thinking about the homeowner in the future so the homeowner didn't have to redecorate a room every single year it would keep on giving and by picking those more classic patterns um she could make the fabric and make the pieces Mm -hmm. look more expensive than they were absolutely so you know sticking to classic things are always going to look a little bit more high end and then Mm -hmm. she would mix in old antiques that she could get for less expensive with more modern pieces and so she really Everything that we talk about defining your personal style and everything like that is, I don't know. I just feel like Lori is 
very much me. She is a little bit more, I would say I'm a little bit more like eclectic and she might be more um, French country, which is like very much my sister. I Um, can see that. But so like I'm a little bit eclectic slash luxe a little bit more. And I'm like eclectic slash farmhouse more, less, less the French country aspect. Yeah, but we love her. So I would say those are my takeaways. It's just like – and you could still find stuff that she did online and it doesn't look awful today. Like it still looks pretty good. So It's a little outdated, but it wouldn't need a lot to bring it up to date. Yes, very true. Um, Okay, our last designer that we're going to talk about, Heidi's Showmance. Who is kind of similar to him in some ways where he liked Mm -hmm. to push the envelope – um, it's Doug. Doug, by the way. Realize Doug. we hadn't said his name. <laughs> um, he liked to push the envelope. He liked to get a reaction, but he was, I think, way more toned down than Hildy was. Well, his was actually functional, right? Hers sometimes wasn't. Sometimes wasn't functional. Yeah. Um, like sometimes so a some, little dangerous. Something. Yeah. Something that I liked about Doug. Well, I don't know. I didn't like, but like we could take away. So this is kind of interesting because at the end of the day, you do make the decision versus the decision was in his hands. So the homeowners didn't really um, have a say in this kind of a thing, but he was not afraid to touch the off limit (laughs) item in the room. So when training spaces, like when you would sign up, sometimes the homeowners would tell their neighbor, okay, I want you to do a living room, but don't touch the fireplace. Right. And why would you go on training spaces and choose your living room if you didn't want your fireplace? Right. Just like, say. Okay. The fireplace is the focal point in the room. They got to yeah. do something with it or else the room's going to feel the same, even if everything and, else is different. I mean, I would be really mad if I had a beautiful fireplace and someone messed with it. Um, if someone but, painted my brick. Ooh, yeah. I hate painted but, brick. Personal but choice. I but I wouldn't go on training spaces. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, it's it's very a roulette game with it. Um, you don't know who you're going to get. Right. So, you know, and a way to apply this in your own life is if you've kind of in your head said that this piece is off limits, like this has to stay here or this has to be, you know, the couch should only go on this wall. The right. bed should only go on this wall. The TV has to be here. To rethink that. Absolutely. And really don't let things define you. Something that really blew my mind when some of y'all know my background, that I worked at a boutique and that the owner of the boutique was an architect and she also was a licensed interior designer, is that she would never let outlets determine where we put stuff. I love that. Because of extension cords and you can always rework the electric if you needed to. And it was just kind of, you know, she wouldn't let the confines of the room Mm -hmm. really determine the design. We would always find a way around it. And Doug is very much the same way. Yeah. Think outside the box. If you think that the couch has to be on that wall, no, it doesn't. Yeah. Don't be afraid. I mean, maybe at the end, and even if you do move it and you move it back, at least you tried something different. And I think that is like my main takeaway from Doug. Oh, I agree. Mine too. Did you have anything else for Doug? Not really. Okay. I like Doug, but I'm not crazy about Doug. My other takeaway from Doug is that he sticks with a theme. That is true. He commits to it 150%. Yes. So like the white room yes. where everything was white. Yes. And he like put in a gross white shag carpet, which would get so dirty. I mean, the whole um, room would get so dirty. 
Yes. White, the safari room. Mm-hmm. He, the couple said that they didn't get to go on a honeymoon, so he made it safari themed. Yes. Now, I think that would be like a nightmare, not a honeymoon. <laughs> Tropical kitchen. You know, I mean, he right. would really just pick a theme and he would stick with it. And so that was sort of the same with Hildy as Hildy's theme, but her theme just wasn't functional. And he would come in with the theme in mind, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I'm sure. The things he did, they're sometimes so elaborate you have to have already had that theme or they're so cohesive. Maybe not mm-hmm. a lot of them. They're so cohesive. You had to have a theme in mind beforehand to really plan it out. Okay. So I think that's about it for Doug. Yeah. So those are the designers that, and there's other designers that we didn't talk about. Those were just kind of the most famous, yes. I guess. And they're the <laughs> ones not- that we know are coming back or have come back already yeah. in the reboot. And so it's going to be really interesting to see how they've changed and how they've stayed the same. And Jackie and I both like really watched in the beginning of Training Spaces. And then like, I know Paige left, which was the host. And then we kind of stopped watching. So I don't really, you know, I'm sure there's other designers, but those were just our favorites or like most memorable who have had an effect on our personal design styles as well. And then we also have some general takeaways from the whole show that's not specific to any designer. And so I think the first one, and we've talked about it with some of these designers, and we talk about it on like every episode where we talk about decor, is be yourself. This is your mm-hmm. home. It's nobody else's home. Who cares if you know people think it's weird that you have a circus room? If you like <laughs> it, embrace it. Do it. You want someone to walk into your house and know it's 100% yours and see you and whoever else lives in the house with you reflect it in the style. Yeah. And it's okay to be different and don't, you don't feel like if you don't like a trend, don't do it. Same thing with fashion. It's okay to try stuff out, but it's okay to be different too. Right. So don't let others define you. Something else that's like my main takeaway from the show is that you can do a lot yourself, yes. whether that's reupholstery furniture. I've never tried that, but I'm doing they it, make it look very small oh. form if I make it to Hobby Lobby. Yeah. So you can, you know, you can do a lot of it yourself. There's a YouTube video for everything. <laughs> Yes, so true. Say that, don't think that you have to come up with the idea yourself either. I mean, you can go shopping and like kind of window shopping and see something on Pottery Barn, take a picture of it, and then you can go home and make it yourself, like figure out a way. That's half my Pinterest is things I'm going to make myself eventually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jackie's done it a lot. Way too much probably, but. Whether it's painting something a new color. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's ways to do things yourself. I think something else we can take away from the show, just because part of the way is just the way the show is set up, but it's something that I have not done in the past and it makes things harder, is to do one room at a time. If you stick to one room, it's more likely to get done. You're going to have fewer unfinished projects around the house and you can really get that room exactly how you like it before moving on to the next room. Another takeaway besides just doing it yourself is that you don't have to spend a lot of money. No, absolutely either. Not. You can completely change the look of your room mm-hmm. by not spending a lot of money. We always suggest thrifting is the best way to get higher quality furniture for less. Yes. But mix in some like IKEA pieces. I mean, they always have smooth, clean lines. And mm-hmm. honestly, I found that they last a long time too. I mean, you know, maybe it might chip easier or something, but, but I really haven't had, I don't know. And I haven't probably had my own furniture that more right. than like five years or so, but 
I haven't found that it's like such bad quality that I'm going to immediately replace it because if it works in a space, it works. Exactly. Especially metal pieces. Yes. That is where you can buy for not that expensive, but will hold up. It's like metal bookshelves Mm -hmm. or um, glass pieces, stuff like that. And also go into every room with a budget. Mm-hmm. Even and be realistic about it. If you know you have to buy all new furniture because either you don't have furniture in that room at all, or what you have is falling apart or doesn't reflect your style and was hand me downs, be realistic. So don't give yourself, you know, a two hundred dollar budget if you have to buy a bed and a dresser. But set a budget because that gives you limits. Because otherwise, you might go crazy and spend way more than the room is worth. Agreed. Agreed. Budgets are so key. Yes. And it will, re- and that'll help you once you put constraints uh-huh. on um, your creativity. That's when you're most creative. Oh, I truly absolutely. believe that. I agree. Because you can do anything in the world, then you, you get caught up with kind of the choices. <laughs> but right. if you put constraints on yourself, then you'll be more creative to find ways to make things work. I agree. My last piece of advice is coming off of, we said it earlier with Genevieve, is inspiration is everywhere. Yes. Don't Do not limit oh, yourself ahead. to just Pinterest. You know, look at nature. Look at a piece of clothing. You can base, if you really, really love this one dress, mm-hmm. you can base your whole bedroom decor off the dress if it has different textures right. or patterns or ties or ruffles or bows buttons, fringe, whatever, you know, I'm getting really excited. (laughs) Pom pom. Look at inspiration everywhere. Look at your favorite flower. Look at the colors, look at the shapes and go on and on. And I think with that, if you are stuck in a room, you have no idea what you want to do with it. Don't think about that room. Just go for a walk Mm -hmm. or just go about your daily life and be open to what you're going to run into because you don't know when that inspiration is going to hit. But if you focus on that room, you're going to end up on Pinterest for hours and have less ideas about the room than you started with because you're going to be so overwhelmed. Agreed. I think one last thing that I could probably do more in my house and Jackie does a good job with, but also I don't own this house, so (laughs) I'm limited, but is to not be afraid of color. And that's one thing that I really, really love from trading spaces Mm -hmm. is like they weren't afraid to paint a room a very unexpected color or to paint the trim an unexpected color or the ceiling or cabinets or whatever. Um, It's just don't be afraid of color. And I use a lot of color in my furniture, Mm -hmm. but once we do buy a house, I do think I'm going to have a little bit more fun with like statement walls or some contrast in that way and just don't be afraid to put every you know something all over the room either I agree and you say that like I have like a different color in every wall seriously my house is blue uh, but they're different shades of blue right. you have more color on and your I walls use than I do. Well, yeah because your walls are white <laughs> but rhinestone by Sherwin Williams which is it's a, a really gray, great white blue <laughs> yes and I'm a jewelry designer so like rhinestone I did not plan that <laughs> But don't be, yeah, don't be afraid of color. If you really love a color that you haven't seen on a lot of walls or you don't think you can, you know, on first look, you don't think that it's going to go with what you already have, paint a swatch on your wall, see what it looks like, see what you can update to, you know, bring that out and to incorporate what you already have with that color. I think that's about it. Yeah, that's about it. So I would love to hear y'all's, 
experiences, memories with trading spaces. And if you, you know, have incorporated anything into it, or if you're watching the current season, we can chat about it in our Facebook group, which is Millennial Homemakers on Facebook. And you can find Jackie and I on Instagram at jvalexandra16 is Jackie. And my Instagram is at Jacqueline Humble. And our podcast Instagram is um, at the Millennial Homemakers. And we also, we talked about it last week, we do have a monthly newsletter. Um, so we would love for you to sign up for that. If you, there is a post on Facebook. If you don't see it, just let us know and we will get your email from you. And you can go to the millennialhomemakers.com mm-hmm. and I think it's slash monthly mail or we'll monthly put a link. dash mail. But we have, Month- yeah, we'll have we'll that a link. link pinned at the top of the group. Yeah, but you can sign up and get it on the newsletter. And the newsletter is content from some of our listeners, and it's totally different content than from our podcast episodes. But we do share with you our most downloaded podcast for the month. So you can see if you agreed, if you liked the same episodes that other people did. I think that's kind of fun. It's a good chance to listen to it again. Or what? If you miss that episode, it gives you an excuse to listen. Also, we're going to start doing reviews of the month. So if you want to leave us a review, um, we will give you a shout out, whether that's your blog or social media or anything that you want us to shout out about you. We like highlighting our listeners too. So be sure to leave a review and we'll share it with all of our listeners. I hope that you have a great week. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.